0: Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. This is the place where you go to church with people all over the world. This is also the place where you know you're always going to hear a great biblically based message that's always going to keep Jesus at the center of the focus. It's always going to be revolved around Him, His life, His teachings, His death, burial, and resurrection. I'm going to tell you something. My commitment and understanding of the Lord Jesus or the Lordship of Jesus has exponentially exploded and. That's always been the core of everything that I've ever taught. But I'm going to tell you something. More and more and more and more, I want people to understand how Jesus fits into every piece. You know, today I'm going to be beginning a new series. And out of about nearly 45 years of teaching ministry, this has probably been the most powerful, life-changing, influential series that I've ever had. It's Dignity and Worth. So don't go away. Get ready to change how you feel about yourself. You know, I've got a great free message for you this month called Seeing Yourself As God Sees You. There are few things that will transform your life as much as coming to understand and believe how God really sees and feels about you. Be sure and download this. It's a life changer. All right, we're beginning this new series, Dignity and Worth. listen. About 25 years ago, we were on television locally at the time, came on every week on Saturday night, and I taught this series, Dignity and Worth. And it took about, I think, about 10 weeks to teach it on television, because there's a lot of material in this series, You know, we'll never through these broadcasts be able to cover all of the material that's in this series. So I taught this, and what's interesting, there was a pastor here in town of a denominational church that had about four or five thousand people, and he's really a nice guy. It's not that he's a bad guy or or whatever, but it just kind of reveals the typical mindset of people who have been influenced by religion. And so every Saturday night, I would teach a message, and whatever message I would teach, the next morning for the entire duration of this series, he would preach against that message. And so when we got to the end of the 10 or 12 weeks, whatever it was, you know, I wrapped up my session. And so the next morning when he taught his last sermon to refute what I was teaching, he basically said to the people, he said, for the last 10 weeks, I've done everything I could to show you how good God is and how bad you are. Now, He's a good man. I want to make sure you understand that. He is a good man. He's a godly man. He wins people to Jesus. But it is that very mentality that corrupts the gospels, that very mentality that makes us incapable of believing that God loves us. It's that very mentality that makes us think we're worthless to God. It's that mentality that makes us live in fear and doubt and condemnation. Because one of the most important things that you have to have in your life to be healthy emotionally, to be healthy spiritually, to be healthy in relationships, is you have to have an absolute biblically-based sense of self-worth. I mean, stop and think about it. You know, the Bible talks about knowing as we are known. And I talk about this some in my free download that you can get this month. Knowing as we're known. I can remember reading that scripture and even talking to ministers about that scripture. And it was sort of like, yeah, you're going to stand before God and you're going to finally see all the bad stuff that he sees in you. I mean, I'll tell you, it made the second coming of Jesus and going to heaven a dread because you were dreading standing before God and him seeing what all is wrong with you and reminding you. And then on top of that, we were told that there was going to be a video played in heaven that would play back all of our life and all of our sins. And I'm telling you, that was just horrifying to me. Well, you know, when we know as we're known, what's going to really happen in that situation is we're going to see how much God loves us. We're going to see what we look like in Jesus. We're gonna see, because when God looks at us, you know, our sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus. We are hidden in Christ in God. When God looks at us from a biblical perspective, if the Bible's true, and I believe the Bible, from a biblical perspective, when God looks at me, I look just like Jesus and so do you. And, you know, thank God it's not based on me being able to do it all right. It's based on the fact that he did it all right himself and that when I got born again, I was baptized into his body. So that's how God sees me. But this thing about dignity and worth, it creates what I call the life matrix. Now, that may sound kind of new agey to you, but I don't know any better terminology to explain what I call the internal hierarchy that creates our life matrix. You know, what if I were to tell you that how your life has been up until this point is going to be the way that it's always going to be, except it's going to be more extreme. In other words, if your life has been kind of crummy up until this point, it's going to probably always be crummy, except for one change. It's going to get crummier. It's going to get worse. What if I told you that the sins that you struggle with right now, and listen, I've been in the ministry a long time. You know, I'm approaching the 50-year mark, and, you know, when you've been in the ministry 45 years and you've dealt with thousands of people I've dealt with, what you see is most people never get over their basic temptations and struggles, whatever their basic struggles are that they even had before they got saved. They may not be as extreme. They may not be as bad, but most people never, never, never get over these things and they should because they're born again. And of course that makes people think, you know, that the gospel has failed and that Jesus has somehow let them down. But really, What it means is they got born again, they got their sins forgiven, but they never really change the beliefs of their heart. So, Mark 4.25, Jesus said, For whoever has, to him more will be given. Then he makes the exact opposite statement, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, this is not God giving to you, And taken away from you. This is what the Bible calls the law of sowing and reaping. And I tell you, you look all through the Bible, you look at how God created the universe, the law of sowing and reaping is absolute. It's a universal law. It works whether you believe it or not. It works whether you like it or not. And so it's not saying that to him who doesn't have, God's gonna take it away from him. It's like saying, What's going to take it away from you is what you have. In other words, what you already have, the state of belief, the state of mind that you're in is what takes it away from you. And the state of belief, the state of mind that you're in is what causes you to have more of the good things. So the reality of it is, and I always call the parable, the soul the heart physics parable, because all of the principles of the heart physics can be understood incredibly clearly from this one parable. So God's not causing something to get better or get worse, the law of sowing and reaping. And the law of sowing and reaping is just understood by is simply this. When you plant a seed into the ground, it grows and it reproduces fruit after its own kind. So I want you to understand something. If every seed produces fruit after its own kind, then one of the things you got to understand is that the seed that is in your heart, the what it is you believe about yourself is going to constantly, repeat your entire life keep producing fruit after that same seed. You get more of what you have because you have the same beliefs. You get more of what you have because you keep planting the same seed over and over. In other words, you're going to make the same types of decisions. You're going to attract the same types of people into your life. And you're going to have the same types of limitations, and temptations that you have right now unless something changes in your heart, unless your beliefs change. Now, when we think about beliefs change, sometimes we think more about particular beliefs, what do I believe about prosperity? What do I believe about healing? What do I believe, you know, about God's love? Well, all of those are important individual beliefs. But those beliefs never come into biblical clarity until they're established on a foundation of who you are in Jesus. Until you have a sense of identity, self-image, self-worth that is based on who you are in Jesus, the real truth is you will never be able to reach out to these doctrines, these truths that make life wonderful because the foundation that you're standing on doesn't support you. So, in other words, every decision you will ever make is potentially already made because of your current beliefs. Which means that if we look at our personal history, it becomes obvious to us that there are repetitive patterns of behavior, repetitive patterns of success and failure, repetitive patterns in relationships in jobs that they just happen over and over and over again. We just tend to have the same struggles over and over again. And the bad thing is, is that, you know, we hit this invisible ceiling. We go as far as we can go in happiness and success and prosperity and peace. And we go as far as we can go, and then we always kind of tumble back to the standard that's pretty much normal for us. And we stay there, we're worn out, we're burnt out, we stay there until we get up our courage to push again, and we push ourselves out that boundary again. And those of you who have heard me talk about the heart, you understand what I'm talking about. But eventually we get weary from trying so hard, pushing so hard, and then eventually we collapse again. And you know something, we'll do that over and over and over again until we reach An age and a stage where it's like, I'm not trying anymore. I've been disappointed too many times. I am not stretching it out. I'm not going to try to make this get any better. Listen, be sure and be back. I'll be back in just a couple of minutes. We'll pick up the second part of this. This is a life changer for you. This is going to change your world. There's nothing in your life that's more important than your self-worth, than knowing how God sees you. Having a biblically-based sense of self-worth determines every decision you're going to ever make, every belief you're ever going to have, uh, the level of happiness you're going to be. It's just the core of everything that's going to happen in your life. And I want you to know I've got a new... 10 CD series on dignity and worth, and you're going to get two free bonus CDs with this. You want to get this message today. Now, you've heard me talk about some of these same principles when I've talked about the heart because in Proverbs chapter four, I think it's verse 23, it says, guard your heart above everything else because out of it flows all the boundaries or issues of your life. And we've talked about this, how your heart establishes the boundaries, the limitations in your life. And you're always going to live within those limitations unless you change the beliefs of your heart. Because What happens is this, if we occasionally push past those boundaries, then we're going to have Stress. We're going to get under tension. We're going to be uncomfortable with living beyond the sense of who we think we are. And once that happens, we're either going to sabotage or we're going to get sick or we're going to hurt ourselves. We're going to find some way to blow it up so that we can get back within the boundaries that we feel like are acceptable. But the thing that we haven't always talked about when we talked about those boundaries of the heart is this. What really creates that boundary is is how you see, perceive, and experience yourself. That is the ultimate boundary because you can't, your heart will not let you succeed beyond, first of all, your sense of who you are. Like I said, if you do, you'll, number one, you'll feel extremely stressed. Number two, you'll usually always experience something that causes you to fall back within the realm of normal or Last of all, you adjust your life paradigm, you change something in your heart, then you grow to be able to support, sustain the new growth that you've had. But the problem is most people just have a fluke and occasionally push out to a level of success that's beyond. And that level of success can be business, it can be ministry, it can be marriage, it can be friendships, it can be any area of your life. But when you push beyond that, it's always going to be stressful and it's... That stress is going to become a part of what kills you. It's going to be a part of what destroys your health. But I want you to understand something. Self-worth connects to this whole concept of worthiness. So in reality, when you move beyond your sense of identity, self-image, and self-worth, you have moved beyond the realm of what you think you are worthy of. Are deserving to have in your life. And that then is where condemnation comes from. We start expecting the shoot drop. We start expecting things to go wrong. And they do, and then we have false understanding about why they went wrong. Then we think God's letting it happen or God's doing it to us. Now, when we fight these battles, our tendency is to put all of our focus outside. In other words, when these things keep going wrong, it's usually because we have unintentionally created some conflict with someone, or we have abused our health, but we always point to some outside source, and and that outside source becomes the blame and the focus of how we're going to solve our problem. Well, the problem is you can't fix anything outside of you. The problem is when you start looking outside of you and thinking your problems and limitations are coming from the outside, you take on that victim's mentality. And really, once you get there, there's really nothing you can do except wait for the next attack and hope to minimize the damage. But like I said, you know, you do this and then you think it's outside of you. So really, you don't think that any of these situations are connected in your life. You just think that they're totally independent of each other. And like I said, since they come from an outside source, it's impossible to really identify the source of the problem. And so We tend then to see ourselves as victims and we think that the world is conspiring against us. But the real truth is the cause of these repetitive problems always get into our beliefs, the beliefs of the heart, and specifically the beliefs of the heart that have to do with who we think we are, what we think we're worthy of, what we are worth to God. And this is a place that not many believers ever really go in And deal with because most believers have been taught to believe it's pride or arrogance to think or to admit how God sees you. When I was doing my undergraduate work in theology, I loved the Bible school I was in. I didn't like a lot of things that they did. I didn't like some of their crazy doctrines of control and submission to authority and and those kinds of things but really i got a great bible education but they had no concept of what identity in christ was about and during the time that i was in bible college which would have this probably occurred about 73 or 74 i began to come into some degree of understanding about who I was in Jesus. And I began to understand from Philemon, the first chapter, which is only one chapter in the sixth verse, it says that, you know, our faith becomes effective or effectual when we acknowledge the good things that are in us in Jesus. Well, I didn't understand the concepts of communion that I've taught you about, but I understood that I was never going to make my faith come alive by acknowledging and focusing on what was wrong with me and what needed fixing or even what was wrong with anybody around me. I was never going to solve a problem by focusing on the problem. The only way I was going to solve the problems in my life was by focusing in on, by acknowledging, by embracing, by taking hold of everything that God said about me, every good thing that's in me because of the fact that I'm in Christ and because of the fact that He's in me. I'll never forget one morning, we would go in every morning for chapel and we'd pray before one of the teachers would speak to us for chapel. So we were back in the prayer room and there were well over a hundred of us there, maybe a couple hundred, maybe even 300. It was a pretty good sized school. And so, you know, everybody's praying and I'm, you know, we're walking around praying Man, I'm walking around saying, Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that I'm in Christ. I thank you that I'm anointed and I'm called and I'm chosen. I thank you, Lord God, that I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above. And so I'm just acknowledging all these promises that are mine because I'm in Jesus. And, you know, It kept getting quieter and quieter and quieter in the room. And what I didn't realize is slowly every person that was praying in that room moved to the other side of the room, stopped praying, and was watching and listening to what I was praying. And I finally stopped and opened my eyes. I said, you know, what's the deal here? And so one of the, uh, you know, I was probably a freshman at the time or a sophomore, and uh, so one of the seniors You know, said, Jim, you've got an ego problem. You know, I don't know who you think you are, but, you know, this is really bizarre. You have a problem. And I said, because I'm acknowledging who I am in Jesus? Well, you know, theologically, everybody agreed with that. But in practicality, nobody did it because religion had so deeply anchored them to the idea that we needed to focus in on what is wrong with us. Well, I got news for you. God looks at you and he sees what is right about you and he wants you to see what's right about you because you're in Christ. Like the apostle Peter said, he said, I want to stir up your remembrance. I want to remind you of who you are. I want to remind you of all the good things that you have in Christ. I don't want to try to make you understand what's wrong with you. I want to try to make you understand what's right about you because when you know what's right about you, then you're going to trust it and you're going to be transformed internally because you're going to see yourself as God sees you and your world is going to change. Now, this message is, it ultimately gets into the concept of a life matrix. Now, a life... Uh, let's just talk about a matrix for a few minutes and how we, why we have a matrix. You see, we have what I call an internal hierarchy of beliefs that create our matrix. And uh, our beliefs create this internal hierarchy, and our beliefs basically are rooted in identity, self-image, self-worth, and then ultimately, self-confidence. So we have developed a matrix, and this matrix is really the source of all the information we believe and how we're going to interpret all that information. Matter of fact, let me give you some definitions for matrix. Matrix can mean an arrangement of parts that show how everything is interconnected. And you know, that's the starting place. Everything is interconnected. And when we understand it's interconnected around our identity, self-image, self-worth, and ultimately self-confidence, then we start seeing how all of the dots connect in our life. And suddenly we realize, I don't have 50 problems that I've got to work out, I have one belief issue that I've got to work through and that is coming to believe the truth about who I am in Jesus, coming to believe the truth about how God loves me, the value that God has for my life. When we understand our life matrix, we'll see how all the issues in our life are interconnected and suddenly they get easy to work with. A matrix can also be defined as a substance in which something is embedded or enclosed. So all of our beliefs are embedded or enclosed in our heart, and ultimately, all of those beliefs affect how we view the world around us. It creates the perception of ourself, the perception of the world around us, and ultimately, our life becomes controlled by that perception. In other words, you could say that our life matrix is a code that is embedded with information, and that information is in the form of belief. You know, you might read the Bible, you not, might know it intellectually, but what is the information that has been programmed into your heart, into your sense of identity? It creates all of the life boundaries in which we are limited in control. A matrix can be a situation or a set of circumstances that allows or encourages the origin, development, or growth of something. So all of this data that is here in this core of our being is always programming and causing the growth of fruit that bears after its own kind, fruit that grows according to the seed that's planted. And because of the core beliefs, your life is on a specific course. And like I said, Jesus says, because of this, unless you change this, you're going to absolutely keep getting more and more and more of what you got. Now, listen, I want to take you on a journey through this series and keep in mind, we have an incredible series, a 10 CD series with two free bonus CDs. So it's going to be 12 messages that are going to walk you through how to begin to establish yourself in this biblically-based sense of self-worth. And I'm going to be sharing things in the program that are different than what we shared in in the series. And then also, if you have an opportunity to come to one of our Dignity and Worth seminars and workshops, you want to come, go through the whole program, go through the exercises that will help you step into this new Dignity and Worth. And there'll be a new book coming out shortly. I'll be right back. Don't go away. Just imagine how your world would change if you felt better about yourself. Just imagine what would happen in your relationship, just what would happen in your love life if you felt comfortable with yourself. Dignity and worth is gonna give you the power to do that. You know, one of the things we try to do here at Impact Ministries is to follow the biblical pattern of house to house meetings and then public meetings. And we have house to house meetings through the people who have groups who get together with their family or their neighbors or their friends. They use these broadcasts or sometimes our books and teaching CDs or DVDs, and they actually have Bible studies using this material. And then we have public meetings when I travel around all over the country and people come together who are making this journey with us. Be sure this year, go ahead and plan to be with us October for World Change or Weekend. You can look at my website and get the dates on that. And also in November, November the 4th, 5th, and six. I'm going to be in Victoria, BC, doing a Wired for Success seminar with By Design. And so you can look on our website and you can get the link to register for both of those seminars. And I want to encourage you to be there. And by the way, if you'll download our free mobile app, you'll always have the latest up-to-date information about where I am and what's going on. You know, I hope you've answered the question that I asked in the ad that we just shared, what would change in your world if you suddenly felt better about yourself? You see, our country and our world is in a self-worth crisis. You know, some ministers think we're in a sin crisis. There's an epidemic of sin. You know what? There's really an epidemic of low self-worth because man has lost his connection to God. He's lost his sense of who he is in Christ Jesus. He's lost his sense of how God sees him and relates to him. And all of man's woes from the Garden of Eden till now revolve around the inability or unwillingness to see ourselves as God actually sees us and as He has made us to be. So one of the things I want you to do is just sit down for a few minutes and make a list of the top five or ten things that keep happening repetitively in your life. They may be little things. They may be big things. It may be depression. It may be fear. It may be conflict in relationships. It may be conflict with your kids. It may be the inability to make the amount of money that you need to make to support your family effectively. It may be the fact that uh, you keep losing jobs over and over again. It doesn't really matter what it is, but reoccurring conflict or reoccurring negative events in your life And once you write those down, I want you to take a few minutes and think about how do I feel about myself? What am I thinking? What's my inner dialogue when these events happen? Am I mad at myself? Do I feel like I deserve this? Do I feel like the whole world's against me? Do I feel like God's letting me down? And then I want you to sit down and write out this sentence. When I have a biblically-based self-worth, I will, and then I want you to put the solution to all of those things that are repetitive. In other words, I will be happy. I will get along with people. I will make more money. And start getting your heart ready to make the journey of dignity and worth. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.